Amen. So we're so thankful today. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to the book of Nehemiah once again this morning? And um, we have been in a series of messages that we began a few weeks ago on the book of Nehemiah. And we've entitled this, as you can see, this series, um, Building a Community of Faith. So from the book of Nehemiah, Building a Community of Faith. And I want to begin reading for us I, uh, just two verses of Scripture, and then we're going to jump into our main text in just a little bit. But from Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, which we read a few weeks ago, we read these words, Then I, that is Nehemiah, said to them, You see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. And they, that is the people of Jerusalem, said, Let us start rebuilding. Let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. And so, Father, we pray that you would speak to us this morning, that you would um, just, again, give us ears to hear what you want to say to us today. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And this morning, our message is entitled, Are You Building Your Part of the Wall? Are You Building Your Part of the Wall? I've, I've already pointed out to us that the focal point of the book of Nehemiah is the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem, walls that had been left in ruins for 140 years after the city had been destroyed by the Babylonians. These walls we've said, represent, represented the well-being of the people who live there, the strength and honor of this community of faith that was meant to bring blessing to their world and glory to God. And we've likened the building of these walls to the building of a community of faith today, a spiritual community, a community of believers. We call that community today the church, a community that is as well meant to bring blessing to our world and glory to God. How many of us believe that this morning? That we are meant to bring blessing to our world and glory to God. And so far, we've seen that from Nehemiah chapter 1, that it all begins with the heart, a heart for the well-being of God's people, a heart for the work of God, a heart for the community of faith, and most importantly, a heart for those who are living in brokenness. And then we saw, as we moved to Nehemiah chapter 2, the importance of turning that heart and that passion, we might say, into action as we take steps of faith towards the vision that God puts into our hearts, steps of faith towards the burden that God puts in our hearts, and, and a vision of what the future can look like as we trust God and work to rebuild that which is broken. Well, today we get to Nehemiah chapter 3, and, and as we do, we get to begin to read about the actual task of building. For Nehemiah 3 describes for us the work itself, and most importantly, gives to us a list, although probably not an exclusive one, but he gives to us a list of those individuals who helped accomplish the task. Now, I know, now, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read some of this for us, not the whole chapter, but I know that Nehemiah 3 is probably one of those chapters many of us would prefer to skip over. After all, after all, how many of us really like reading lists of names? I mean, it's kind of like reading through the white pages, right? If you remember what the white pages were, right? 
And if we were to read chapter 2 and then skip just to chapter 4, we might feel as if we're not really missing all that much. And yet, I want to tell us we would be missing some very important information and some lessons that I believe God wants us to learn concerning it concerning how it is that we, even today, as a body of believers, will be able to build walls that are strong and firm here within our own community of faith. And so I want us to read, we're going to start Nehemiah chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. I'm going to skip down to verse 8 and then to verse 28. I won't read it all for us, but let me read some of it for us. Nehemiah chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. And you'll have to excuse me if I mispronounce a, a, a name here or there, okay? But Eliashib, the high priest, and his fellow priests went to work and rebuilt the sheep gate. They dedicated it and set its doors in place, building as far as the Tower of the Hundred, which they dedicated, and as far as the Tower of Hananel. The men of Jericho built the adjoining section, and Zachar, son of Imri, built next to them. The fish gate was rebuilt by the sons of Hasenah, they laid its beams and put its doors and bolts and bars in place. Maramoth, son of Uriah, the son of Hakoz, repaired the next section. Next to him, Mashulam, son of Berechiah, the son of Meshazabel, made repairs. And next to him, Zadok, and son of Baana'ah, also made repairs. The next section was repaired by the men of Tekoa, but their nobles would not put their shoulders to the work under their supervisors. Go with me down to verse number 8. And it says, says there, there that Uziel, son of Harai, son of the, one of the goldsmiths, repaired the next section, and Hananiah, one of the perfume makers, made repairs next to that. They restored Jerusalem as far as the broad wall, Rephiah, son of Hur, ruler, uh, ruler of a half-district of Jerusalem, repaired the next section. Adjoining this, Jediah, son of Haromoth, made repairs opposite his house. And Hatush, son of Hashbaniah, made repairs next to him. Malkijah, son of Harim, and Hashub, son of Pahath Moab repaired one section and the tower, another section in the tower of the ovens. Shalom, son of Haloshesh, ruler of a half district of Jerusalem, repaired the next section, notice, with the help of his daughters. How do you like that, ladies? We'll come back to that. Go with me to the end, down to verse 28. Above the horse gate, the priests made repairs, each in front of his own house. Next to them, Zadok, son of Immer, made repairs opposite his house. Next to him, Shemaiah, son of Shechaniah, the guard of the east gate, made repairs. Next to him, Hananiah, son of Shalamiah, and Hanun, the sixth son of Zalaf, repaired another section. Next to them, Mashulam, son of Berechiah, made repairs opposite his living quarters. Next to him, Mal Kaija, one of the goldsmiths, made repairs as far as the house of the temple servants and the merchants opposite the inspection gate and as far as the room above the corner and between the room above the corner and the sheep gate and the goldsmiths and merchants made repairs. How would you like to have to be up here in front of a camera and all you guys reading all those names? Thank you, Jim. You know, many of us have heard it said that in most organizations, including the church, you know the saying, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. 
that 20% of the people do 80% of the work, and we all intuitively know that that's not the way it ought to be. In fact, no organization, the church or any other organization, can thrive long-term in that way. For in the end, a building of, and in this case we'll say, in the building of a strong community of faith is going to require more than a pastor or a handful of deacons or a staff or any particular group of workers to get the job done. For you see, today, as in Nehemiah's day, it's going to take a concerted, concerted effort by, we'll say, the many. That is, by all of those who live as part of the community, that it's going to take the many to build a church that is going to be effective in nurturing the believers, reaching the lost, bringing glory to God. And let me say that, that much of this message today, it applies to we who call Shrewsbury First Assembly our church, our, our home, we could say. But if, if maybe you have another church that's your church, your, your home, then you need to take what you hear today and and apply it there in that place. Because it's really a message for each one of us who are part of a community of faith. You know, today, as our church, along with churches throughout our nation and throughout our world, as we continue to face the effects of COVID-19 and look ahead to what things will be like once we, we come through this pandemic, and we don't know when that's going to be. But we do know this there is a huge task of rebuilding ahead of us here at First Assembly and, again, for churches throughout our nation and our world. And it is going to take the many for us as a church to build a strong community of faith that will move forward in the days to come to reach our community and to glorify God. In Nehemiah chapter 2, we read of how Nehemiah, he shared his vision, he motivated the people to the point that eventually they responded, let us start rebuilding. And the Bible goes on to say, so they began the good work. And again, as we come to chapter 3, and we, we read the list of names of those who worked on that rebuilding, I, I want us to see this morning three characteristics of those who were involved. And these are, I believe, three attributes that must be found among God's people, must be found among those whom God will use to build strong communities of faith here in this place and throughout our world. Three kinds of people that will be needed if we're going to move forward in the days to come to do the work of rebuilding. The first is this, people who are willing. People who are willing. You know, in Nehemiah 2, again, the vision was presented. The need was articulated. But then came the time for the response. And the question became, would there be those who would say, yes, I'm here. I'm willing. Use me to build the walls. Were there any who would say, oh, we will join the work. We'll do the work of building. Or would the people just walk away and say, Nehemiah, you take care of it. Let someone else do it. But Nehemiah 3.5, Nehemiah 3.5, we read it, makes it clear there were a few who thought it was beneath themselves to get their hands dirty. These leaders, these noblemen, we read from Tekoa, either they didn't catch the vision or they simply thought, well, someone else can do my part. I'm kind of above this stuff. And notice it's written here in Scripture, the Lord took note of those people who did not do their part. But thankfully, these men were the exception and not the rule. 
but rather from all over Judah, we read, men and women came saying, yes, we are willing to get involved. We are willing to give ourselves to the work. We're willing to rebuild the walls. And notice, if you will, in the list of people that we read, there are no expert builders noted. We don't even read about carpenters or bricklayers or any special craftsmen. That's not to say they weren't there. But it is to say the need was so great and the work was so important that everyone, regardless of skill, was needed. And thus the first and foremost quality needed was simply a willing heart. You know, all through Scripture we find God using all kinds of men and women to accomplish his will and to fulfill his plan. We read of shepherds and fishermen, religious people and non-religious people, rich and poor and kings and commoners, whomever would say, Lord, I am willing, use me. I mean, think of it. Abraham and Sarah willing to leave behind their home and their family, all that they, they all the, all the life that they knew in order to follow God to a land that they didn't know to, to do the work he had called them to do. Lord, I'm willing. Moses, in spite of his fears and his inabilities, willing to go to Pharaoh and say to him, let my people go and then lead them out of bondage in Egypt. David, willing to submit to Samuel's anointing and then allowing God to make a way for him to reach the royal throne. Isaiah, who upon hearing the question from the Lord, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? He responds, here am I, Lord. Send me. I'm willing. Mary, just a, a common peasant girl who said, who, who said to the angel Gabriel, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said, I am willing. Peter, James, John, Andrew, Levi, the other disciples who heard Jesus call, follow me. They willingly left their nets, their tax booths, their families, whatever it was in order to follow Jesus and accomplish his will. And you see, church, it was through willing people such as these that God's plan of salvation was enacted within this world. It was through willing people such as these that God built a nation through which Messiah would come. It was through willing people that the gospel spread out for, to the ends of the earth. And it has been through willing people that the work of the church, the building of the church throughout the ages has been accomplished as the gospel has spread, spread from, from north and, and, and to south, east and west to every continent. And God has always looked for willing people who would say, here am I, send me, Lord, use me. And God continues even today to look for and use willing people to do the task of building. I have to ask you this morning, are there any willing people here today? Are there any willing people? But secondly is this, people who will partner together, or we might say cooperate. You know, the word cooperate simply means to work together, to cooperate. Simple, huh? And in Nehemiah 3, we have a great example of cooperation. We read there of each person being given a task and then working side by side to accomplish that task. We read of each one playing their part and doing it in such a way that they all contributed to the whole. You know, it's interesting, but a cooperation is something we don't always do naturally, is it? We have to teach our children, right, when they go to kindergarten or preschool or even in the home, how, what it means to cooperate. Why? Because we all have a tendency, like, like we all want to do our own thing, right? We all want to do our own thing. And we teach our children. I remember years ago, 
right? Our kids watching Sesame Street, a whole little lesson on cooperation, you know? We find here a people who knew what it meant to cooperate. It took all kinds of people cooperating with each other to get the job done. We see the priests and the laity. In fact, the way the chapter is written, with the first ones listed being the high priest and, and his fellow priests, it appears that it was the priests who led the way and set the pace. Oh, they didn't say like some others did, right? Oh, this is layman's work. We don't want to get our hands dirty. We're, we're the priests. Right? The priests did their part working alongside of the laity. We see people of all socioeconomic classes. There were noblemen, that is, landowners and rulers and merchants and tradesmen and common folk. Each one had their part to play. In fact, in verse 14, if you would look there, we find that the dung gate or the refuse gate was rebuilt by one of the district rulers. You see, this was the gate leading to the town dump. How many of you want to build that gate, right? And yet here was a leader who in humility was willing to walk, work on that part of the wall. And we find men and women. Again, I read verse 12. This man, Shalom, like many others, turned the work of building into a family affair. And moms and dads, I say, that's, that's not a bad idea to, to as you participate in ministry, you, you do it kind of as a family. But apparently he had no sons, so what did he do? He involved his daughters. And I'm sure there were other women who played their part around the wall in the work of building because, you see, there was no time, there was no time to get caught up in debates over what a woman could and couldn't do. But this was time to get a job done. This was time to rebuild this wall. And to do so would take all kinds of people partnering together. And notice, if you will, in this cooperation, it meant that personal agendas needed to be put aside. For the merchants and businessmen had to put aside their businesses for the time being. The farmers left their fields. The priests left the temple. Wives and children left their homes. All personal matters were left behind for the sake of building. And no one tried to outdo the other in the work of building. We don't read about, oh, so-and-so building his section of the wall higher than the others or decorating it more than the others. We can say, oh, look, look at my, my wall's better than your wall. My, my, oh, my section of the wall looks nicer than yours. You see, this work of building was not about my part of the wall. This wasn't about me and my gate. This was about our wall. This was about building a wall that would benefit the community as a whole. And so there was no room for self. There was no room for personal agendas. There was no room for those who might say, well, I think it should be done my way. If you don't do it my way, well, I'm out of here. You know, you don't play according to my rules. I'm, you know, I'm going to take my ball and, and go to my own field, you know. There was no fighting over which part of the wall one would build, but rather Nehemiah gave the instructions. He organized the work, and everyone then simply proceeded with the plan, each one cooperating with the others, everything for the sake of the whole. You see, the work of building a strong community of faith, it is going to take all kinds of people working together towards a common goal. It's going to take a pastor and congregation It's going to take young and old. It's going to take men and women, rich and poor and talented and even not so talented, all cooperating in such a way that they actually accomplish the work of building. And listen, all personal agendas have to be put aside. All personal tastes have to be put aside. aside. Listen, we've all heard about the church splits over the color of the carpet. Like, really? Really? You know, church splits over the style of the music. Really? You know, it's like, 
Listen, we put ourselves aside so that we can partner together to move forward in the plan that God has for us, the plan of rebuilding. And so in unity of spirit, the people of God take hold of the task before them and work together to build what needs to be built. Oh, I hope and pray that we have people here at First Assembly who will partner together in that way. Amen. And finally, finally, it's going to take people who will get the job done. Sounds simple, right? People who will get the job done. But as we read through Nehemiah 3, we find that each person, each family unit had a particular part of the wall to build. They each received their assignment. And then it was up to them to build a strong and firm wall in that particular part of the wall. And if they failed to follow through, there would have been a section of wall that would have been weak. That is a place where the enemy could break through. Right? A, a place through which disaster could could come. In order for this work to be successful, each person had to be responsible for their section of the wall. They had to get the job done. That means they had to take ownership. And I'm not speaking about the attitude that says, again, well, this is my part of the wall and no one's going to tell me how to build here. That's pride. That's an unteachable spirit. But rather, I'm talking about the attitude that says, this part of the wall has been entrusted to me, so I've got to do my very best. I've got to make sure that my part of the wall is built strong and firm because the rest of the community is counting on me. This is the job that's been given to me, that's been entrusted to me. I've got to do my very best. So whether it's working in the nursery or ushering or working at a soundboard or or cleaning the church or, or whatever it is or leading an evangelism team or teaching a class, this is the part of the wall that's been entrusted to me, and I've got to do my very best because I don't want to leave a weak spot in the wall. That means they had to work diligently. The building of the wall would require that each of them had to do the very best. They couldn't afford sloppy workmanship. They couldn't afford someone to say, well, that's good enough. They couldn't afford to have people who worked half-heartedly. They couldn't afford to have people who started to build and then drop out halfway through. Can you imagine coming to a part of a wall where someone dropped out? The wall's halfway up, and now someone can just jump over the rest of it. What was needed were those who would throw themselves into the work and do it with all their might until the job was done. You know, Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For in the grave where you're going, how many of us know we're all eventually going in the grave, right? There's neither working nor planning nor knowledge nor wisdom. Whatever you do, do it with all your might. Paul writes in Colossians 3.23, he says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for men. Colossians 3.17, he says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Can you say amen to that today? You see, the work of building a wall, a strong spiritual community of faith, is going to require men and women who will take responsibility for their part of the building. It's going to require a group of people who will take ownership for their part of the wall to work diligently and work until the task is complete. 
Listen, I thank God that there are those kinds of people here at Shrewsbury First Assembly, people who, who have and, and, and continue to serve this body with all their might, people who work diligently at the tasks that have been put before them. Those are the kind of people that build strong walls. But as we move forward, church, we're going to need many more who will step up to the plate, who will say, hey, I'm willing. I'm willing. I will do my part. I will partner with the rest of the body. You can count on me to get the job done. You know, Nehemiah 6, verse 15, we'll be getting to that chapter in a few weeks, but Nehemiah 6, 15 tells us that the work of rebuilding was done in record time. 52 days. 52 days. That is, that which had been a pile of rubble for 140 years was put back together in less than two months. Less than two months they got it done. How? Why? Well, it's simple. It's because, for one, there were people who were willing, people who responded by saying, yes, Lord, use me. Secondly, there were people who who partnered together, cooperating with one another, putting aside all personal agendas for the sake of the work. And there were people who committed themselves to getting the job done, and get the job done is what they did. The Apostle Paul wrote these words in Romans chapter 12. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. In other words, be realistic about who you are. Be realistic about who you are in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many, I spoke about the many, we form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. So if a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. In other words, whatever part of the wall God gives you to build, do it well. Do it with all your heart. Do it with all your might. And in these days of COVID-19 and the days that will follow, the church around the world, as well as the church here at Shrewsbury First Assembly, is going to need people who will say, I will give myself to the work of building, the work of rebuilding even, the walls that have been broken. The kingdom of God needs people who will say, here am I, Lord, send me, use me to build whatever part of the wall you need me to build. God, I'm here to do my part. Because my life is not just about me, but my life is about your kingdom and about what you're trying to do here in this world, about reaching people with the gospel, building a strong community of faith here, even in Shrewsbury, New Jersey, that will, that, that, that will, that will shine a light to a community around us here, are these, these towns around us that's where there's so many people who need to know that there's a God who loves them, who cares for them. I ask you today, are you building your part of the wall? Because you see, there's a part that God has entrusted to you and 
that we as the body of Christ are counting on you to build. So my challenge to us today is that we who are part of this community of faith here at Shrewsbury First Assembly, or maybe you're part of another church body somewhere, but that we will be those people, that we will be those who will build what God and where God has asked us to build. Will you bow your heads with me even as the worship team comes? And and I just want to lead us in a prayer of dedication this morning with every head bowed, every eye closed here in the sanctuary. Maybe those of you who are even online this morning, you'll take a moment to bow your head and and to pray with us. And listen, first of all, I just want to say as, as we're praying and many of us right now, just begin to pray a prayer of dedication saying, Lord, here's my life. Would you use my life that I might build what you would have me to build and where you would have me to build. Use my life. Hear my Lord. I'm willing. Use me. But there might be some, someone out there or someone here in this sanctuary today that um, maybe you've never taken a step to give your life to God through faith in Jesus Christ. And I want you to know that the first step that you need to take is not, first of all, to start building, to start doing some sort of work because the Bible says we're not saved by our works. We don't, we don't come into relationship with God because of our works, but simply through our faith. And then after we've put our faith in Jesus and we receive his work in our lives, forgiveness, the gift of eternal life, the hope of eternity with God, then our response to God is to serve him and to work for him. But maybe you're here this morning, you're out there watching through YouTube this morning, you've never taken that first step of giving your life to God through faith in Jesus, but you just sense you need to take that step. As I pray, as I pray right now, maybe you just want to pray with me, opening up your heart to to the work of God's Spirit in your life, and each one of us here just dedicating ourselves to the Lord this morning. And so, Father, This morning, we first of all thank you for Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And God, that you loved us so much that you didn't didn't leave us in, in rubble, but you came to rebuild our lives. And you did so through the giving of your Son, Jesus Christ. That God, you were the first one to say, I'm willing. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to rebuild the lives of my people and to begin to build on this earth a new community of faith, a people who will, who will serve me and who will be a blessing to their world. And Father, I pray for those right now who maybe are reaching out to you for the first time. They know that they need you, oh God. And so they reach out to you, putting their faith in your son and what you've done for them through Jesus. I pray that by your spirit, you would come into their lives, that you would bless them, you minister to them, that you would renew them, that you would rebuild that which the enemy has has torn down and destroyed. And God, for each one of us here today, Lord, we whom you have called your people, we dedicate ourselves anew to the work that you would have us to do. Lord, we just say, just just to start, we just say, Lord, I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm willing. Use my life however you see fit. Take my talents, take my, my resources, take my energy, take my heart, take my mind. 
Use me according to your plan and purposes. That our world will be blessed.